welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Welcome, everybody, to church this weekend. If you're joining us online, again, thank you for worshiping with us. We're wrapping up our fire series. It's been a six-week series at all of our campuses. We've placed little uh, matchbook holders. There's no matches on the inside, by the way. And uh, those are for you to take home, kind of listing all the different topics that we've covered over the last six weeks and the scripture reference. And it's just, it's been a fantastic series so far. And if you missed any of the weeks, we encourage you, go online, watch it, catch up, uh, because every weekend of the series, God has showed up and taught us so many different amazing things. And this weekend... Our final weekend, week six, we get to wrap up uh, looking at an event in the book of Acts where the references tongues of fire showed up. Tongues of fire representing the power of the Holy Spirit. And so it's a really special moment. It's a really special event that these tongues of fire showed up in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And it talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and references the Holy Spirit's role in our life. So there's just, there's so much that we get to talk about as we look at this topic this weekend. And a lot of the topics we covered in the fire series, you've heard Pastor Rob say the statement that this message alone could be a three or four or five week series. And this one could be as well. There's so much. To it. And so we're going to unpack it over the next 25, 30 minutes, look at it, and then send us on our way. But I want to encourage if you're like, you know, I'd love more, I want to read more, I want to experience more, I want to watch more about teaching about the Holy Spirit. A couple years ago, we did a series at River Valley, some of you will remember it, called The God I Never Knew. And it was just an great series, incredible series. It's still on our website. It's about four weeks long. If that could be a blessing to you, I encourage you uh, to go and, and let, it, let it speak to your heart, the God I never knew. So as we look at the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus made it really clear for every Christian, for every Christian, he, he kind of made this declaration. If you want to live on mission for God, this is the next step for you. This is the next step. Receiving the power of the Holy Spirit in your life in a new and fresh way is your next step. And we'll unpack this in just a moment. But you say, well, Pastor, what do you mean Jesus said it was the next step? Well, the first step, many of us know, are, is receiving Christ as our Lord and Savior, right? We commit our lives to Jesus. We have a personal relationship with him. It's not just about religion. It's about relationship. And we go all in serving Christ. Then the next step is a step of obedience where we're water baptized. And we get water baptized, like Jesus was water baptized in the Jordan River. And that is a testimony to all that watch it, that we are no longer living for ourselves, that we are living for Jesus Christ for the rest of our lives. Then there's this next experience 
about the outpouring or the baptism of the Holy Spirit and God wanting to give that to us in our lives. And it's just, it's so, so exciting. So we're gonna, we're gonna look at that this weekend. Now let me just let you know that uh, when we look at the topic of the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, I understand and we understand there's some people at church this weekend they are like, I love this topic. I love the Holy Spirit. I love learning about it. It's powerful. I've experienced it. It's amazing. There's others that are like, you know what? This topic's a little confusing to me, or I've heard some different things about it, or I'm not sure exactly what I believe, or I've heard some things that maybe kind of felt like they were from left field or whatever. There's some here that would say, you know what? Um, this is new to me. This is new. I've heard the reference to the Holy Spirit before, but I've never really walked to a teaching and a message about Jesus saying how we need to have the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And can I, I just felt really strong, no matter what kind, of, what kind of background or perspective you find yourself in this weekend, I just felt really strong that God laid this on my heart that can we look at this weekend, this weekend's message with fresh eyes and an open heart? Can we do that? Come on, church, let's do it. Let's just look at it with fresh eyes an open heart, because we're at a safe church that loves God's word, that holds true to scripture, right? We're not weird, we're not crazy, we honor God. And so let's, let's receive this teaching and this message this weekend as we wrap up fire with fresh eyes and an open heart. So we're gonna read a lot of scripture. Our first passage is John 14, then we're gonna jump to the book of Acts to read several verses there. So a lot of scripture, it'll be up on the screen, encourage you to follow along and really track with what, because most of this is what Jesus was teaching about this. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But notice this, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. We're going to leave verse 17 up there just for a second. I want you to lean in. I want you to notice that Jesus talks about two experiences. The Holy Spirit right now does this, and then he says, later we'll do this. So Jesus is saying, right now you have this experience of the Holy Spirit. Coming soon, you're going to have another experience with the Holy Spirit. Two different experiences, Jesus teaching it, not what some church believes, what God talks about. So it's just really intriguing. So Jesus sets the stage for this. Acts chapter one, in verse four and five, this is after Jesus' resurrection, before his ascension. He says, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Wow, a whole nother thought there. Very new to those that were hearing it. Acts chapter two and verses one through four says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. Tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now we just read three passages of scripture and uh, there's a timeline in those passages. The John 14 scripture was Jesus giving encouragement to all of his followers, to his disciples, before he was about to get arrested, beaten, and crucified. 
So he says, hey, before all this happens, let me tell you, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit in this new experience, this new dimension. You have it this way now, but later you're going to experience it this way. So there's this, this blessing that he's giving them, this encouragement. Then we read Acts 1. Again, before his ascension, after his, after his resurrection, Jesus says this. He says, stay put. I command you, stay right here because I'm going to give you the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's so First there's encouragement, then there's clarity and direction, and then Acts chapter 2, the promise is fulfilled. Exactly what Jesus said he was going to give them, he provided and they experienced it in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. So I love it. I love that encouragement. I love that direction and clarity, and that then all of a sudden the promise is fulfilled. So what I want us to do now is I want to do a close-up. All right, so we're going to put verse 3 back up on the screen so all of us this weekend can see this scripture because it's really our fire scripture. It's our, our theme verse. But I want you to look at it, kind of let yourself go there for just a moment because remember, it's an actual biblical historical moment. It's not a parable where the disciples experience this, 120 people. So let's look at it together. It's up on the screen again. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Can you imagine, church, what it would have been like to be in that moment? I mean, could you imagine 120 Christians, some of them leaders, some we know the name, met their names, many of them we don't know their names. It wasn't just hierarchy. It was those that were followers of Christ. It was a big group, 120 of them in some house structure. How many know that's a big life group, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's huge. 120 of them are there, and they're in that moment, and there's this wind and loud noise blowing through, and they've been praying and asking for this promise that Jesus gave them. And then picture this, understand this. They literally can look around and see that a tongue or an image of fire has come down and rested or settled upon each and every one of them. I mean, could you imagine being in that moment and looking across the room and like, that guy's got it, and wow, look at her, she's got it, and he's got it, and then you look above your head, oh, it's above my head, and you're in that moment. How many of you know that's probably was pretty exciting, right? I mean, wow, that's a wow God moment, I call it. Pretty exciting to see if that would have happened. How many know there was probably a few people that thought, this is pretty strange, right? Where's the door? Come on, can I get out of here? There's had to be some people because it was so, so new to them. And this is kind of all part of this weekend's message. But I just, I want you to know that and just share with you that I think a lot of us have seen some like strange and different things happen in church. Am I the only one? I mean, I've been in church a while. I've seen some different strange things that have happened in church. You're like, wow, where did that come from? One of the things I've loved to do the last few years is anybody else like me, I love to read church signs when I'm driving down the road. And so I'll be driving on the highway, whatever, but, and, I'll, and you know, churches will have the marquees and the signs on. They'll put a message on those signs. Has anybody ever noticed, like I do, something like you got, they just got to find more content. Does anybody understand? You're kind of driving by, they kind of have service times, but they all try to put on something clever or trendy. And sometimes you pass them and you're just I kind of like, what's your target audience there? And just kind of, it just kind of misses it. So just in the spirit of fun, I wanted to show us, these are not Photoshopped at all. They're real church signs. I want to show a few of us, a few of them this weekend to all of us, just to kind of show some of the different things that happen. So let's look at this together. Here's the first one. Know what hell is? Come hear our preacher. Come on. How many want to be that preacher right there, right? Know what hell is? Come hear our preacher. Some of you are like, that's this weekend. No, it's not. All right. So here's the next one. We love hurting people. (laughs) 
How's that for a church mission statement? We just love hurting people. All right. Here's the next one. Now is a good time to visit because our pastor's on vacation. Yeah, you don't want to meet him or her, right? Our pastor's on. Here's the next one. Jesus is coming. Look busy. How's that for some theology right there, right? All you got to do is look busy and, and then it's okay. Two more. Let me show you this one. If, you're, if your life stinks, we have a pew for you. Man, that just compels you, doesn't it? It's just vision and inspiration pulling you into the church. All right, this last one, before I show it, I got I to gotta let you know, true story. This church was having a little problem with theft, and they, some people were stealing some things from the church. So here's their sign. Welcome to whoever stole my air conditioners. You're going to need them, God. <laughs> I love the welcome at the top, right? Welcome, you're going to hell. So all right, it's, it, Seriously, true, true. I, you know, this past Easter this year, Jane and I were driving around and, uh, in the area, and we passed a church, and I noticed a sign. It was Easter weekend, and the church just had, this was on their sign, come die with us. And I thought, wow, that's compelling. I'm like, stop the car, sweetie. Let's go. We got to die, you know? And so you have these moments where strange things sometimes happen around church. In Acts 2, the same thing was happening. The same, they just didn't have church signs back then. But the same thing, because here's what I realized, and we don't have the time to read all the scripture, but I realized I looked at it, and I, and I looked at the rest of chapter two, and when the Holy Spirit was being poured out, and the tongues of fire showed up, and people watched what was going on, and they didn't really understand all that and stuff like that, that here's some of the words that were used to describe in Acts chapter two, the people that were witnessing this Holy Spirit moment. Some of the words were this, bewildered, Utterly amazed, perplexed, and it said many made fun of. Bewildered, utterly amazed, perplexed, and many made fun of. So they didn't get it. They didn't understand it. It felt strange and weird to them. And this week, this week I was studying for this, and it just grabbed my heart, and I want us all to grab this this weekend. There's 120 Christians saying, you know what, we want everything God has for us. We're going to be obedient. The God, Jesus said he's got a new experience. The, he's going to pour out the Holy Spirit in our lives in a new way. Jesus promised us. And so we're there in that moment, and they're there trying to be obedient. But here's what grabbed me this weekend, this past week. They, they had no idea what it was going to be like. They had no idea what it was going to be like. They didn't know what the experience was going to feel like. I mean, they didn't know. All they knew is that Jesus gave them this instruction. Wait right here because I'm going to give you the power of the Holy Spirit. And the only guidelines he gave them was in a few days. In a few days. They did not know if they're supposed to get in small groups, if they're supposed to kneel, if they're supposed to pray 30 minutes, three hours. They didn't know if they're supposed to do praise and worship. There was no CD players. I mean, they didn't know. They didn't know what the direction was. They didn't know exactly how it was going to look like. They just were trying to be obedient to what Jesus asked them to do. Because here's what I know. There's people here this weekend. There's people we know in our lives. And we look at this topic of the power of the Holy Spirit. Some would say, this is all new to me. I don't even know what it's like. I don't even know what it's going to experience. I don't know a lot of what this is going to feel like. If that's you, you're in really good company because that's how people in Acts 2 felt. That's how the disciples of Christ felt. That's how his followers felt. So they're like, okay, I'm in, I want this, but I'm not sure exactly what it's gonna look like. So let me give you a kind of a key thought that just jumped out. I was thinking, Lord, how did they do that? How did they press on, even though they didn't know and have, they had tons of questions that were unanswered? And I wrote this down, their hunger outweighed their hesitancy. Their hunger outweighed their hesitancy. 
Their hunger outweighed their hesitancy. See, I think all of us have hesitancy towards different things at times. And we, how many of us know when you're hesitant towards something, you kind of keep it at arm's length, don't you? You kind of keep it out there a little bit. Don't let it in too close when you're hesitant. They had this hunger that trumped, if you will, their hesitancy, and they embraced the things of God. I just love that. Here at River Valley, our church is full of what I would call people kind of fall into three groups this weekend as we look at this topic of the Holy Spirit. Our church is full of people that have experienced the power of the Holy Spirit, have been filled with that, have had that experience and love it and enjoy it and, and want more of it. We also have a, there's a large group of people in our church that are saying, you know what, I'm not, I haven't received it fully yet, but I want it. I'm hungry for more. I'm discovering it. We also have lots of people in our church that are like, hey, this is new to me. I'm learning about it. I'm not sure. And, I, and, and I'm not, this is kind of all new to me. And can I tell you, we love it that everybody's here. We love it that everybody's here because we're, a, we're, a, we're a, a strong Christian church that's going to stand on God's word and teach it true. And we love that, that there's just a hunger across our church, all campuses, to say, God, I want everything you have for us. So here's what I want to do for a few moments. I want to give us what I would call a few misconceptions about the Holy Spirit baptism. So a few misconceptions. I want to teach for a few minutes here and because I feel like a lot of times people have heard the wrong message or it's been conveyed in the wrong way or judgmentally or whatever else or confusing. And I just, I, we can't speak to the whole thing, but I just want to speak to some clear misconceptions and just give us some guidance for our own lives, but also to help other people that we care about that want to experience more of the Holy Spirit. So here we go. Uh, just some quick things here. The first misconception is this. It's only for some Christians. It's only for some Christians. That's just a misconception. Some people feel like, well, if you're in this church, you're supposed to have it. In this church, you're not supposed to have it. Well, this church feels this way, and this church feels this way. Can I tell you, that is not the way Jesus spoke it. Jesus said, it is for every Christ follower. It is a gift for every Christ follower. So Jesus doesn't care what kind of church we're in. He wants us to have this gift. And so don't listen to that misconception. You can read Acts 2.39. Say, Pastor, where do you get that? Acts 2.39, as Peter wrapped up chapter 2, he said, this promise of the Holy Spirit, he said, is for you, it's for your children, it's for your children's children, it's for all who are far off, as many as our Lord our God would call. It's that open door. Another misconception is this. It's a gift, not a directive. Lean into this. Understand this. It's a gift, not a directive. It's a gift, but I'm not commanded to do it. Actually, it's both. It's a gift and a directive. We read earlier, now watch this, we read earlier Acts 1-4, where Jesus said, Jesus commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem, because I have a new experience of the Holy Spirit for you to receive. How many are pretty clear about what the word command is, right? So yes, Jesus commanded them. Some people are like, Pastor Darren, am I commanded to receive this power of the Holy Spirit? Yes, you're commanded, but you're commanded to receive a gift. Do you understand? Commanded to receive a gift. So I was trying to process this this week, and I thought, okay, Jane, we have three kids, and if you've ever been through Christmas morning with your kids, and how many know all the presents are open, every, everything's done, and one of the parents says to the kids, I command you, stay put, 10 more gifts are coming your way. How many think the kids are staying put, right? I mean, they're like, I'm, I'm in, I want that, I'm command, and so there's these moments that, yes, it's a command, but the command is to receive a gift from God. 
And so it's so important that we receive that. It's not a command to trauma. It's not a command to a difficult moment or a difficult experience. It's a command that says, stay put, because I got something really, really special for you. I love that thought. Another, another um, kind of misconception I want to look at here is Christians who have experienced the Holy Spirit baptism are superior to other Christians. Can I just tell you that's flat out wrong? It's flat out wrong. Some people have been hurt by that. If they've been around church a while or they felt like they maybe don't measure up to some other people or whatever. Can I just tell you this statement? God has no stepchildren. God has no stepchildren. That's tweetable, by the way. God has no, and I came up with it, stepchildren. <laughs> At Darren Poley. All right, here we go. But it's true. We're all adopted. He loves us all. He wants all of us to keep experiencing more things that he has for us, to keep growing in our faith journey. So anyone that's part of River Valley this week, and if you've been hurt or offended by somebody that felt like, well, they had this and you didn't, and they had this label and you didn't, I apologize on their behalf. That's not God's heart. God's heart is he loves every one of his children, sees incredible greatness, incredible potential in all of us, and wants all of us to receive that gift. A few more misconceptions. I'm not holy enough to receive it. I'm not holy enough to receive it. Can I tell you? None of us are. It's a gift. None of us are holy enough. Well, Pastor Darren, I'll, I'll, I'll pray about that when I get my act together. You'll never get your act together, right? I, I never got my act together. It's a gift that God has for us. Another misconception. The primary purpose is supernatural gifts. The primary purpose is supernatural gifts. Now, just follow this. Um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are supernatural, tongues and prophecy and discernment and miracles, and they are special. They are vital. We should want them in our lives. They're, they're, they're just exceptional, and they're amazing. Hear that. But the primary purpose is the power to live on mission for Jesus. That's the primary, that's the primary purpose, is that you and I would have this so that we can live on mission for Jesus Christ. That's what Acts 1.8 tells us. So the gifts are special. We shouldn't be scared of them or shy away from them. But if somebody says, oh, that's, it's all about that. No, it's not all about that. The primary thing is the power to live on mission for Jesus Christ. Two more misconceptions. All receive it in the same way. All receive it in the same way. And what I'm speaking to here is timetable. Because we believe there's expressions and manifestations and, and, and evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, and we value that. But can I tell you, some people receive it really quick. Some people pray for a week. Some people pray for an hour. Some people will search scripture. Some people receive it just them and God praying, some with other people praying around them. There is a variety at play in the timetable. And so what I just encourage people to do to continue to ask God, and some people have to have more patience I can't tell you the, how much variety there is. And no, everyone doesn't receive it at exactly the same timetable, but it's still a gift that all of us can receive. And the last one, I could go on, but the last one I want to share with you, misconception is this. The Holy Spirit is a distant mystery. The Holy Spirit's a distant mystery. It's a misconception. I think there's a lot of us in church that are like, okay, I understand the Holy Spirit's part of God. I get that. And but there's a whole lot I don't understand. The Holy Spirit's kind of out there floating around somewhere. And can I tell you, that's not true. The Holy Spirit actually wants to be a close companion. He wants to be in your life. 
when we do our soap and we do our devotions, the Holy Spirit is right there with us, showing us the meaning of the word of God. When we're working and interacting with people throughout the day, not in a weird, strange way, in a healthy way, the Holy Spirit's helping us, talking us, talking to us, guiding us and leading us, and the Holy Spirit really wants to be our close companion. So just really quick, I want to share my story with you and just kind of my, my experience of receiving the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. So um, I was a really new Christian. I would totally call myself a rookie. Okay, I was a rookie Christian. I didn't know much. I'd been a, a Christ follower about two months. I was in a service very, like, very much like what we're having this weekend. And the, and the speaker was talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm in that service. I've been a Christian just a couple months. Didn't know a lot. True story, I, I really believe when I think back, I knew two scriptures. And so I felt pretty good about those two scriptures. I knew two scriptures. The first one was, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The second scripture I, know, I knew was, uh, God helps those who help themselves. And so, that's not a scripture. But, um, <laughs> sorry, this 11.15 service is a little slow. So, I realized I only had one scripture, all right? I only had the, for God so loved the world. And I just didn't know much, but here's, here's what I knew in my story. I knew that God had radically changed my life. And I was passionate to have everything he wanted for me. And I was hungry for everything that God wanted for me. I mean, that's so true. And I could tell you, I look around Christianity, and I've, I've been a pastor for over 20, just over 25 years now. And can I tell you, I have talked to hundreds and hundreds of people all different seasons of life about the Holy Spirit and how can they receive it and questions and pray together. I mean, I've been at Starbucks in my office, at camps, at missions trips and prayer teams around the front, all these different environments. Can I tell you what I think is the most important factor to receiving this? Of hundreds of people I talk to, I think the most important factor is hunger. It's hunger. Do you desire, do you want what God has for you? It's not can I figure it all out. It's hunger, it's desire saying, God, I do. I want everything you have. It's such a great gift. So back to, back to my story because I had hunger. Got to the end of the service. They had prayer teams down front, just like we do at almost every service of River Valley at all of our campuses. Prayer teams are down front. And they finished up service and the pastor said, hey, anybody that wants to be prayed for to receive the filling of the Holy Spirit, you can come down and pray to the prayer team member. So guess what I did? I was a rookie Christian. I just thought that's what you're supposed to do. So service ended. I went down front, and there was these three people on the prayer team, and they asked me a question. They said, do you want to receive the power of the Holy Spirit? Here's honestly what I said to them. I said, is it good? <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> True story. That's what, but that's what I wanted to know. Is it good? And they said yes. And I said that I want it. And they prayed for me. And it was quick, and it was momentary. I received the power of the Holy Spirit in my life, and I received very briefly a new prayer language. And it wasn't weird, it wasn't strange, I didn't tip over a thousand people or anything like that. But it was special, it was unique, and it was genuine. And it changed my life because it was a gift that God had for me. So I look at that and I want to read Luke chapter 11, verses 9 through 13, as, our, as we finalize this message, week six of fire. Luke 9. This is Jesus talking, and these verses are so amazing, church. And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks 
finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Some people stop right there. Let's keep reading. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give, gifts, give good gifts to your children, look at this. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Church, did you see that? I resonate with this. I'm a dad. I have three children. He says, hey, Darren, even if you're a good, loving, godly dad, how much do you want to give them good gifts? And I'm like, a lot. I really do. I want the best for them. And he says, I need you to understand, I am so much higher than you are, so much farther above, and that's how much I want to give the Holy Spirit to every one of my children. And we're all adopted in as his children. And I'm like, wow, God really wants to give us this gift, wants to bless us in this way to receive it. And I look at that scripture and I see hunger all the way throughout it. So remember, as we began this message this weekend, I share with you, I'm gonna, for two things I asked you. I said, let's have fresh eyes and let's have an open heart. Let's receive with fresh eyes and an open heart. So I want to give you two applications, two, two closing thoughts. And the first one is this. I'll set it up this way. I think we can receive things from God one-on-one, us and him, alone with him. And I've done it. There's special moments, so I know that that happens. But let me tell you, there's something about better together. There's something about being in a group of Christians that are all hungry for more of God. There's just something about it. In the scripture we read in Acts, 120 of them were all together. They were all hungry. They, were all, they, did, they all had questions. They didn't know everything that was going on, but they were all hungry for more of God. And so I'm just going to say that when you want to experience special things, including the power of the Holy Spirit, there's something special about being at a Holy Spirit retreat. There's something special about being part of a life group. There's something special about being on a global trip where you do team devotions and you pray for each other. There's something special about coming forward, praying with a few prayer team members that we agree together. There's something special about seeking God together. And I encourage you to continue to seek God together. The second thought I have for you is this. And I'm asking everybody at every campus if they'd be willing to do this just to wrap up this weekend's message, but also kind of tie off this fire series. Would you be willing to pray a simple and a significant prayer? It'll be up on the screens. But I think it's a God-honoring prayer. And I just want to ask you, if you're willing to pray it today and throughout this week, this God-honoring prayer, and say, God, I'm in. So here's what it is. God, I want everything you say I need to live on mission for you. God, I want everything you say that I need to live on mission for you. I'll say it one more time with fresh eyes and an open heart. God, I want everything you say I need to live on mission for you. Let's bow our heads together. Thank you, God, for this weekend's message. Thank you for this whole series. Thank you for all that you've taught us. And we just pause right here. And we just say, God, we do. We hunger for everything you have. Even though we may have questions, even though we don't have it all figured out, even though it's a little different, even though 
a lot of different things are going on. God, we trust you as our Heavenly Father that loves us so much, that desires to give good gifts to us and desires us to have the Holy Spirit in our lives. And not just as a beginning, for those of us that have experienced it, Lord, you have more for us. And we want to progress to everything, God, that you want to give us. So Lord, as we as a church pray that prayer today and this week, I know that you'll honor it because you are a loving God who loves each and every one of us in such an incredible way. So God, thank you. Thank you for being a God who sent your son Jesus. And Jesus, thank you for saying to all of us, I'm gonna give you the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a free gift and it's gonna be life-changing and it's gonna be an incredible blessing to you. So Lord, we have that hunger to have everything that you say we need in our lives to live on mission for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen.